Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. This is a show about opening up the often mysterious world of how doctors think. The goal? To empower the listener to gain access to the best health care possible. Good day and welcome to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. That's me, I'm Dr. Paul, and I am coming to you today from Advanced Medical Therapies in Seattle, Washington. And we are going to actually talk about advanced medical therapies in the show today. And we have uh, our recurring but special guest, the co-owner of CTR Radio Network, Cameron Steele. And he is going to interview me about the clinic. So, hello, Cameron. Hello, Dr. Paul. Glad to be here today and very uh, excited about learning more about uh, advanced medical therapies in your clinic. Uh, you know, it's been around for a while now, and, and uh, you know, you've gotten such a following, and it's so popular uh, that it's about time that we talked a little bit about uh, what advanced medical therapies is and where it is and all that kind of stuff. So let's start off with the brass tacks of it all. You mentioned it's in Seattle. Is it in Seattle? <laughs> where is it? <laughs> uh, well, you know, <laughs> Seattle can mean a lot of things. It's actually right. technically in North Seattle, so it, it is a Seattle address. Uh, we are right off I-5 uh, in the Northgate area, and um, the, uh, uh, the the soon-to-be-not-anymore Northgate Mall is on the other side of the freeway from us. And we're on the side that Northwest Hospital and University of Washington medical uh, complexes are. So we're mm-hmm. we're really very close, uh, right on the north end of Seattle. And you're close to the highway, which means it's easy accessible, easily accessible. Yeah, it's it's easy to get to us, and we do have uh, rare for Seattle anymore. We we have our own parking, so that's uh-huh. uh, that's also good. <laughs> you see, people should just visit there just for the parking. You say, hey, look at I got free parking. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we we have the Northgate Police Station across the street. So well, and you can leave your doors unlocked. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd do that, but no, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. Well, that's good to know. That's it's just good to know because too many times we go to a place and we're struggling for parking, and and uh, and so this is this is this is actually very good information. So let's talk about advanced medical therapies. Uh, is it a general or is it a specialty clinic? I mean, can anybody come see you or is there, is there something that we should uh, know more about this uh, uh, AMT? Yeah, so there's um, yeah, there's a lot of kinds of clinics, and mm-hmm. we um, so one thing I think people should know is AMT is a, an extension or an evolution of my clinics I've had over the years where, you know, normally what happens is you start one way and then you learn a lot of things and it's been three decades of learning. So there's plenty. Um, so AMT is uh, the, the modern iteration of, of my clinic. So it's very much a specialty clinic. And, uh, so we don't do say primary care things. We don't do kind of your regular, uh, doctor office type visits. I mean, we are a doctor's office, but we we actually have focuses in the world of chronic illness, which includes cancer and autoimmunity and uh, hard to classify things like chronic fatigue, et cetera. So we're really specialized in the chronic illness uh, world. And and chronic and cancer is considered a chronic illness. Well, it's it's sort of a way to classify it because so many people nowadays, um, mm-hmm. especially with the kind of things that we do and uh, and sometimes in collaborating with some of the newer cancer therapies that are available, uh, people live with their cancer as opposed to you know dying from it quite as much as they used to. So we we you you're sort of nowadays taught to think of cancer as more of a chronic illness that you manage as opposed to something that, you know, is just the, the end. So yeah, we, oh. we have a lot of people who 
either they they have active cancer but it's uh, staying steady or in remission, or they're doing um, what we call secondary prevention, where their oncologist says, "Well, you're uh, you, you have no evidence of disease, uh, which means mm-hmm. we can't find it. Doesn't mean you have cancer, but it means we can't find it." Um, and the oncologist says, "Hey, well, go stay healthy, and um, we will." Uh, get that patient and, and actually work with them on what it means to stay healthy. So we sort of pick up where that leaves off too. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. So now what kind of people are you serving besides just the cancer? You mentioned other, but is there a type of person you serve? Yes. Our, um, you know, right now, if you, if you look at, uh, demographically at our, our population, we're probably about 75%, uh, uh, female and about 25% male, um, mm-hmm. although we, we have nothing against, uh, any gender we're, it's just the way it works right, out in right. our clinic. Um, so we have, uh, cancer patients, as we talked about, we have in, in the non-cancer chronic disease world, there's, there's, uh, categories that we tend to do more with. So one is people with, uh, uh, brain injuries and uh, whether they're old ones or new ones, we have some special uh, ways of dealing with that we'll talk about later. Um, we also work with a lot of, uh, in the brain category, a lot of the uh, neuroinflammatory things. So like multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's disease and some of those sort of uh, you know neurological issues. And then uh, a big area that we deal with a lot are people with autoimmune problems where your own immune system is uh, essentially attacking you instead of something else. So things like lupus and uh, uh, mm. rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, other <clears throat> other things like that that are real, you know, the, the standard treatments are helpful with symptoms, et cetera, but we, we right. try to kind of get in underneath at the more at the cause. So that's... Uh, that's a big area. And then I mentioned in the intro, another is what we call the hard to classify things. So that might include uh, chronic fatigue syndrome or right. fibromyalgia, um, or sometimes we have people who, you know, their doctor literally says, uh, well, there's something wrong with you. Um, we don't know what, a, there's no name for it. Uh, and we can't really diagnose anything. We know you're not going to die from it, but you don't feel good. And so we, we do a lot mm-hmm. of that too. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> you don't feel good, but we don't have a name for it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know a lot of people like that, that have things going on, but they can't figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's very interesting. Well, you know, and no wonder you're a medical, you're a medical doctor. You're the, you're the best at this. So, um, now the name says itself advanced medical therapies. So to me, that means you've got technologies that otherwise uh, might not be accessible to the everyday person or to uh, people who have chronic illnesses. So the question, I guess, then is what technologies do you have and are they advanced technologies that aren't usually obtained through a normal doctor's office? And although you're not a normal doctor's office, certainly, uh, but the technologies, what, what, what do you have for that, for treating these different uh, Especially because you said you're getting to the cause, so yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It really is, and it sort of follows the the beginning statement I made about this is sort of it's an evolutionary process when you mm-hmm. are in practice, at least the way I do it. Uh, so first, to your first comment, yeah, I've never been normal uh, at anything, so <laughs> that that helps. Uh, that I, helps, I, yeah. I'm what they call not a follower, so uh, so that's either good or bad. Um, that's good. That's good. But, Believe me, that's good. In this day and age, that's good. <laughs> but that's sort of where where it all came from is um, o- over the years, uh, and it's literally we're in our third decade now, so it's plenty of years. Um, you you know you you're. I believe because of what I've seen and experienced, you you attract the people if you're a clinician that need to see you and vice versa. And um, right. sometimes that's because you do something that you know they need. There's a niche, or sometimes mm-hmm. it's you literally learn from them as much as they gain from you, which which is the way the world works usually. Right. Um, right. So what I what I've tried to do over time is because we get these, you know, both. Well, I mean, cancer is hard enough, but we get these people with gosh, you know, we, we agree you're sick, but we don't have a name for your problem or we don't know what to do about it because there's no standard medicine for you. 
So what it's caused me to do is over the years, I just uh, kept looking to help these folks and you right. acquire kind of, you know, oh, here's an idea. And, we, you know, on, uh, let, let's say, for example, I think we'll talk later about the technical technical parts but but let's say uh intravenous nutrients well that's an interesting idea how would that work with these people and all that and then you know later you run across something like uh neurofeedback or uh or you know hyperbaric medicine or things like that so yep. it, it's it's not that um like if you go back 15 years i didn't have this collection of technologies it sort of grew over the last 30 but the idea is that people who are really sick their body you know, I believe our body does know how to heal somewhere deep inside. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because you look at a younger person or a healthy person, they get sick, but they get better. Their body, you know, figures it out. Um, people who are ill a long time, their body thinks that ill is normal, and so it doesn't try and change. So a lot of these therapies get in at the level of the cells and try and turn mm -hmm. them back on to doing the right thing. So the collection of therapies, literally, it's about going on four years ago when we set up this new clinic, we decided very specifically to be focused on the therapies that are hard to get elsewhere that we know help at this like base or cause level. And there's a lot of other great doctors that can do all the other stuff. So we, we are, you know, we are a technology-based practice, but it's for the purpose of getting at the cause and helping someone who's been sick a long time kind of move away from sick being normal. Hmm. Well, you know, and I guess th this is the thing is people are, the, the, you know, everybody's different. So you have to, you have to look at everyone in a different, in a different way. So how do you do that, Paul? Because here's the thing, you know, one person comes in with cancer, another person comes in with the same cancer, but they're reacting differently. And so the technology you have must be able to, to work with the individual like that differently. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing too. So there's, there's sort of, uh, I look at it as there's two sides of technology. So there's the, you know, there's the equipment and uh, procedural based things uh, like hyperbaric or hyperthermia or neurofeedback and stuff like that that requires something um but then there's the human side of it and so um we we, we are humans uh that work there and we have we have a group of uh, four really great doctors that work with me and they have different experience in different areas and so the human side of it is the doctor does something different to interact with each patient, whether it's uh, a longer history or special labs or mm -hmm. getting, you know, looking in the cracks uh, where sometimes other doctors forgot to look in an area or just did, didn't come on their radar. Um, so the human side is we try and put that together and focus just on your problem because you're right. You can have two people with exact same cancer, same stage, same grade, and they re they need different stuff. You know, they, they react yeah. very differently or two people with, uh, you know, MS or fibromyalgia, very different causes and reasons. So the human side is our, our doctors are great and they get, mm -hmm. they get into that and, um, and, and really do a lot of detective work and digging. Right. Um, right. That's, that's what it takes. Yeah. 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 And you know, and this is the thing, it's like, you know, one, uh, you know, as simple as a common cold, one person responds to one cold differently than another person. So, you know, I, uh, for me, I get a cold, I go to bed, I sweat it out. Other people have to, you know, uh, take a bunch of things to make it go away or to make themselves feel better. So it, it's, it's really good to know that you're looking at the human element of this and not just giving them something, uh, you know, uh, uh, status quo, you know? Yeah. You know, and that that's just to me that makes a big difference when you go see a doctor. They're looking at you as the individual and not saying, oh, you got cancer. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. You know, let's talk about all the other things that have to happen in order to heal this and to get through this cancer because not just your body, because you're going to respond differently than somebody else. So it makes sense that you would look at the human element, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, it it, and that actually even something as simple on the outside as the common cold. Um, yeah. If you, if you're otherwise healthy and you get it, you're, you know, you can rest and mm -hmm. drink enough water and hydrate and all that. And your body yeah. will get you through it. Uh, yeah. If on the other hand, 
you've been sick for two years, you know, a cold might really, you know, knock you down and you might need right. a lot. So a cold is not always a cold for everybody. Yeah. That's an that's important right. thing, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, cause yeah, for me, I can, I'll just go to bed. I'll sweat it out in my, and then the next day I'll wake up and I'm good to go. You know, it doesn't last that long. So now, uh, you know, based on this statement alone and, and based on what we've talked about, my next question seems kind of redundant, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, why did you start advanced medical therapies and, and put it together like you did? I mean, it's kind of a redundant question, but I, I have to ask that question because there may be some other answers here that you might be able to give us besides all the whys that you just did. Yeah, I, I, I think it's probably good to ask at a deeper level because there's, you know, there's always a deeper level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the why is important. Um, so there's... You know, I just I'll just talk about myself personally because I'm the yeah. Well, I'm, you're, you're I'm the, the only person I know. You're, so. you're the guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so the way the way it worked for me and and the why for me really behind all this because it it could be I we wouldn't have technology. There'd still be a why behind it, right? So the right. the technology is 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 kind of the how, but there's a bit of why in there. Um, but underneath it, it really goes back to. Um, when you, you know, look into the eyes of somebody who's really sick and they haven't been getting any answers and, uh, or they're, you know, they've got some decent medication strategies for their symptoms, but they still like mm-hmm. that. They would like to not feel so bad all the time. Right. Um, you know, you, you, ha- you, you keep looking for better ways to dig deeper and help those folks and stuff. And so it literally AMT is, you know, as I said, we're in our third decade now, and it's it's the culmination of all three decades of those that learning, mm-hmm. and but it's coupled with sort of looking at okay, we're in a moderately large city, Seattle, um, and when I looked around, let, let's let's take for cancer for example, there, there's a lot of really good uh, integrative and naturopathic oncologists, and you know, Seattle's sort of really good for that, mm-hmm. um, and. So we didn't need to recreate what they do, but what what we don't have in Seattle is a place where either um, you know a, pa- a patient with cancer or a chronic illness can come and get the the kind of things that we do filtered through that human piece of you know we we do the we do the digging first and then put together a plan that's just for you. There's right. not a lot of places that do all of the things we do to to help with that. So the why was really there, there's a real big need. There's a lot of chronically ill folks and we could be the place that, uh, had all this, uh, both the technology and the, in the human side. Right. Well, that makes, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, you look at 30 years of doing this, uh, you have seen and ha- and probably heard everything and been able to learn from all those experiences, uh, really makes you a, uh, makes you the number one guy to go see based on, because based on what your clinic focuses on, uh, pain and, and chronic illness. So, uh, it's really a great service you're, you're doing to people who are in that place that need that kind of doctor and need that kind of care. Uh, so congratulations on 30 years. I mean, that's just remarkable. Um, now other clinics, there's other clinics, of course, I'm not going to, you know, there's other clinics, but I, I get the feeling, Paul, that you know, other clinics are always uh, referring to their patients to you because of what you've been doing in the past thirty years. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we yeah we have certainly a mixture now of uh, you know direct referral, meaning you know you feel like we can help you, you come right in. Uh, but yeah, be, because of the uh, the mixture of the technology side of things. Um, we we work really closely with a lot of uh, local, say, naturopathic oncologists and um, other folks like that, and mm-hmm. um, uh, we get referrals, and they'll they'll say, "Hey, we'd really like this person to be assessed for hyperbaric or IV therapy or whatever," and and we'll do that. So it's it's really great to have good collaboration because, as I said, we don't do everything, so we can send yeah. people back for the other stuff. But looks like we need to take a break here, so we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome to Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson. 
This show looks into the often mysterious ways in which medicine is practiced and how doctors think. Dr. Paul's goal is to enlighten you to this world and using his two decades of clinical practice and research help you improve the health and health care you and your loved ones have. Dr. Paul will share from his years in research, writing, teaching, and practice the ways in which integrative medicine and broader medical thinking can help improve health and medicine. Hey, thanks very much. Now, we left off on that break, Paul. You were talking to us a little bit about getting referrals from other clinics. And uh, uh, I didn't. I don't think we were complete on that. We had to take a quick break. But, um, um, yeah, so getting referrals from other clinics, that's got to be some sort of validation for all the work that you're doing if you're getting referrals from other clinics. Well, it's um... – I hope so. Yes. Uh, so, one of the things that uh, that that I do in addition to the clinic, and as I said, we have four really great doctors who mm-hmm. who do the day to day operation of the clinic, so that I can do these other things. So I, I write a lot for doctors. I write for the public a little bit. Uh, did the outside the box cancer therapies book? That's right. Um, available anywhere online. Um, but also one of the things I do more that people don't see in the public is I, I teach doctors a lot. So I spend a lot of time doing training. So one of the things that will happen is, for example, I might be talking about synergy between therapies. So say hyperbaric oxygen and IV therapy or uh, neurofeedback and you know hyperbaric or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, doctors will kind of take to that and they'll say, well, that, that sounds really good, but I don't have any of those uh, technologies in my clinic. And, you know, where can I send somebody? And, and there's, there's other places, but there's not that many around the country. So we do have good collaboration where, uh, for example, we, we have a couple of really great uh, naturopathic cancer oncology clinics in Seattle. And it's just not worth it for them to invest in all this stuff. So they'll they'll manage the patient with cancer, and they may send them to us for IV therapy and hyperbaric to deal with a side effect or deal with their base cancer or what you know whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what we do, and it it works out well. And over time, what what happens is, if you have a good relationship, then you know a lot of times other doctors then send patients over. Um, we even have people, uh, I don't know why I said even, I mean, it's just different. Um, we have some oral, <laughs> <laughs> it's not about cancer. Uh, we, we have some oral surgeons uh, in Seattle that refer people to us after they do surgery on someone, you know, because big oral surgeries, you can have nerve damage and things. Um, and they'll actually have us do hyperbaric on the patient so that their nerves heal faster and they don't, you know, lose feeling in their gums and stuff like that. So right. we, we have, it's a really interesting uh, mixture of referrals that we get. So oh. it's, it's, it's gratifying to see that, you know, the, the work is recognized. <laughs> yeah, no, I, oh, well, I bet for sure. Now the big, now, you know, we are going to talk about some of the other things like the, the main patient groups you have and, and stuff like that. We're going to get into all that in the next, uh, in the next segment here, but, uh, you know, one of the biggest things with these alternative alternative places like such as yours, um, and if I and if I'm off base on the alternative, let me know. But um, you know, we talked at the beginning. You're not a normal doctor's office. You're one that specializes in in certain things, and a lot of these insurance companies don't take uh, don't don't do this, and uh, uh, or don't take insurance because of their special specialities. So what about your clinic? Uh, you offer insurance to cover? Yeah, so that's become, um, and <laughs> talk about evolution. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we actually did uh, work with most insurances because the, the world was different in insurance back then. Right. Um, what's happened is uh, we, when a patient comes to see us, we, we give them a uh, a receipt when they're done that has the insurance codes on it, et cetera. So it's mm-hmm. same as you get, you've seen them a million times if you've been to the doctor or anywhere. Right. Uh, it's one of those with all the funny numbers on it and letters. Um, and so we give them that when they're done with each visit and our patients will turn those into their insurance. And depending on the plan that they have, they might get reimbursed the same as anywhere else, or it might be less, or mm-hmm. in some cases, if they're in a HMO where you got to see only the doctors in the HMO, 
they may not get anything out of it. it just depends right. a lot. But um, the reason we do that is not because you know we're trying to penalize people with insurance, but legally what we had when insurance sort of changed a lot of, uh, a few years back, uh, the, you know, people probably remember and, you know, they had to get different plans and all this stuff. Um, one of the things in the rules that happened was the insurance companies had more uh, power to deny things if, say, our clinic is contracted with them. And we used to be contracted with the insurance companies. So we had to be, and this came from our healthcare attorneys told us this, we had to become not contracted. And so we can still give you a bill you can turn in yourself because you're the customer of the insurance company. So you can do whatever right. you want. If we turn the bill in, they can literally come back and say, you can't do these therapies that you do. And oh. so, yeah. So in order to uh, break away and not have them have that potential control, we literally had to become not contracted, which means we give you the bill. What's interesting is, you know, depending on the plan, a lot of people get reimbursed because, as I say, you're the customer of the insurance company. Yeah. They're more likely to pay you than us. Uh, and so it, it it usually works out, but we don't direct bill. That's the big right. difference. Yeah. Okay. And now, so let's just say, does somebody have to pay you or can you give them the bill and then, and then they have time to pay it to get the money from the insurance company? Is that, is that kind of how it works or? Um, now, the way that we do it, uh, mostly because our landlord wants to be paid on, on a regular <laughs> basis, uh, <Right? laughs> is uh, people will pay us uh, up front and they turn their bills in and they'll get reimbursed as, get reimbursed. as they get reimbursed. Yeah. 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 And I so, guess the best thing to do to make sure that you're covered by, you know, that your that your places that they're going to be covered is to call their insurance company and say, hey, I'm going to go see this doctor and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and the thing is, it's it it actually the other thing of being not um, not contracted with the insurance company is, you know, they'll uh, they'll usually say, well, that's an out of network clinic, and so this is the way we pay out of network uh, right. health care, but it's literally where you, the patient, send the bill directly to them, and you just call and ask how to do that, and it's yeah, I mean, they they do it all the time for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, listen. Uh, you know, now we've talked about advanced medical therapies. You're located in Seattle. We've talked about your, uh, your specialties, uh, what kind of people you serve, the technologies you have. I've done the hyperbaric chamber. It's awesome. I would like to come back and do it some more. Um, you're, you know, why did you start this? We got to the referrals with insurance, but there's some things that we haven't covered yet. And I really want to get into this part of it because these, these are the most important things I think that people are need to be aware of what you're doing. Uh, you talk about your main patient groups. We got brain, brain injury, we got cancer, and of course, chronic chronic illness. So let's talk about uh, brain injury, uh, the different types of brain injury that uh, you you would be working with. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, there's actually so we talk about synergy of these different therapies. Um, Hyperbaric oxygen works very well with brain injuries, and there have been uh, some studies done with, say, and uh, retired NFL players who have traumatic brain injuries, and uh, with people uh, from uh, the war, you know, veterans with brain injuries. Um, what we find is is that we get a lot faster traction if we do some diagnostic work, say, using the neurofeedback to say this is the type of effect it's having on your brain. Uh, and then we combine some IV nutrients and then hyperbaric. And the, the hyperbaric puts more oxygen in to help heal your brain and nerve tissues. The IV gives you some nutrients to go with the oxygen to speed up the healing. Um, so when we put those together, it's actually quite uh, quite good. So there's kind of, um, uh, there's three categories of brain injuries that we, that we see them. There's a lot of brain injuries, but the mm -hmm. three are... Um, one is after brain surgery. So that, that's sort of a, that's a brain trauma, but it's, you know, induced by the surgery. Um, and we do a lot of work with folks who maybe have a tumor removed or, uh, something done where they had to go in and, you know, open the, open the brain up. Um, and the, you really need it to heal well afterwards. So you don't wind up with, you know, lack of function or something of that nature. Right. Um, so we do that with folks. The other two categories really are uh, a brain injury. You just got like you got a car accident and like a concussion. Car, you mean? Yeah, like a concussion in the last okay. 
you know, six months uh, or maybe yesterday. So there's acute brain injury, trauma, concussion, or maybe you had a few, con- maybe you used to play, you know, soccer or football or something. You had a lot of concussions. There's old and new brain injuries. And so uh, while we treat them a little bit differently, that combination of do the diagnostic part with the neurofeedback and then mm-hmm. uh, hyperbaric and, and IV nutrients really works well to get people back function. And, you know, cause a lot of people don't realize brain injuries, uh, say a concussion, it can lead you to have more uh, anxiety or depression. It can yeah. le- lead you to sleep trouble. I mean, all kinds of stuff can happen from brain injuries. So better you heal it, the better you feel. Yeah, yeah. And now there's been a lot of research on concussions. And uh, what is what do you feel is like the, one of the best treatments you do at your clinic for brain for concussion? Because we seem to hear a lot about concussions over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, they, I forget the name of it, but they even made that that movie about you know the NFL players and that's right. Concussions yeah, Will Smith was in. I think um, that's right. Yeah. So if it, hey, if it makes it to a movie, it's it's a real thing. Um, yeah. So concussions, uh, what we find really is uh, the combo of putting intravenous nutrients that help you heal plus hyperbaric oxygen together can be some mm-hmm. of the best things. Um, and we also talked a little about neurofeedback. That's where you use the EEG. It's, it's a you know, you put a cap on and there's electrodes that check see how your brain waves are working. I'd like well, to try that. Yeah, it's it's really, it's I, I've done it. It's very Have you? Yeah. I, you have to now. You have to. You have to invite me down now to come do it. For, for a, <laughs> uh, yeah, for an EEG party. Uh, and yeah. The the thing about that is it helps uh, to locate because you know we all like. I have a lot of sports and and accident related concussions. Well, the way it affects my brain is totally different than someone else who had them. Yeah. Um, so starting knowing, oh gosh, you know, it's affecting more your memory or it's affecting more your speech or your whatever. We can do that with that uh, neurofeedback technology because it's based on EEG. And thankfully we have computers now that can read it all. So you can, you can tell if somebody maybe has a tumor or something in their brain just with an EEG uh, like that? It's more, it's more for the functional areas of the brain. Certainly if there's, if there's a big tumor, it will show that. But like, for example, we, we had somebody who had history of concussions and they had progressive trouble, uh, finding words. So they're really smart and they, they can see the word in their brain, but they saying it is real slow. Like they have to work up saying the right word. Um, when we did the EEG mapping, it showed that the area where you're actually speaking the word, not thinking the word, but speaking the word had had trauma to it. And so, uh, that's something then that you can work on to heal up. It actually is really cool. Cause that's funny. You know, it, it, the brain for me is a fascinating thing because I will sometimes forget a word, but I'll see the word in my head yep. sort of, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, how do I say that word now? What is that word? I'm looking for it in my brain. It's kind of weird, but yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that's oh. that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. It's so it's wild to me. I mean, you know, I, I'm gonna have to. We'll have to talk, and I'm gonna have to get yeah. down there and <laughs> get in there for an EEG and See. check my brain out. Now, I'll I'll post it on my Facebook page and yeah. say, hey, look, I just had a brain uh, a brain EEG. We'll do a we'll do maybe we can do a whole thing, and I'll post it on Facebook and tell everybody about it. Yeah, we can we can do a live uh, brain map. A live uh, brain map, kind of good, right? I'll hold my phone up. We'll do a live Facebook feed of my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun. We have to do that definitely. All right, uh, we digress to to my needs. So let's go back to your needs. <laughs> uh, you know, we, okay. So brain injury. So we covered this, and and we're talking about concussions, and now. Um, Cancer is another thing. I, I mean, I've got some other things that I want to go through, but cancer, there's tons. Uh, I don't even know how many types of cancer there are, um, or if anybody really knows how many types of cancer there are, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's. Well, the thing is, of course, you can so-called limit it to parts of your body, but the way that cancer works is almost unlimited. It's a very, very, you know... It, yeah. It's a very broad and wily kind of disease to to have and work with, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, chronic illness. Well, this is something we talked about earlier. So let's, talk, let's, go, let's go to what you talked about earlier, and uh, I want to go back to the neurofeedback. Yeah. Can, 
Neurofeedback. Can this detect all of these different things? Well, it, like I was saying, it, it's, it's, it's beauty is really in the functional part of your brain. So you can, for example, let, let's say you start to have um, a symptom uh, or a sign that, that says to your doctor, gosh, we, we should make sure you don't have a cyst in your brain or a tumor or something. The, normally you do like an MRI for that or, or some imaging, um, and, and those things will show up. But let's say you go to your doctor and you say, you know, I, I used to, uh, I used to play sports. I had a lot of head injuries and I find myself being more having trouble finding words or I'm more anxious or I'm whatever you're, there's no imaging study that really looks and says, gosh, right here has got some problems, you know? Um, and, and, and so there's, there's two ways into that. One is a, um, like they do at the Amen clinic is a spec scan where they put a tracer dye into your, um, into your vein and then they do a scan of your brain, see where the blood flow is and stuff. And that's really cool. The other way to do it is, uh, through the EEG based, uh, technology yeah. uh, that we, that we have, and it doesn't require uh, injection of a trace or anything. And it literally then goes through different layers of testing. And so for example, a person I was telling you about with the concussions couldn't find their words it literally localized and said, yeah, right here in the area that helps you say the word, uh, you, you have a slowdown. Or um, bigger things like, gee, you, you kind of tend to have anxious brainwaves all over, right. et cetera. And the real cool thing with modern neurofeedback is, is you can diagnose it, but then you can literally then do a neurofeedback interfacing with the computer with the electrodes on and train your brain out of some of those things. So there's like a, a treatment aspect too. So it's really cool. How we, we do it with kids, uh, yeah. you know, with ADHD and yeah. people with anxiety and sleep problems. And what about people with self What about what about people with self confidence problems? Just with just you know their 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 own how they see themselves. I mean I I, I mean that's probably going a deeper thing. But there there's got to be some 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 brain pathway that makes them makes people feel that way all of us i mean all of us at some point feel down on ourselves or depressed i mean that was that would be a good question depression how do you can you identify depression through brain waves through through neurofeedback yeah there's uh so uh, i'll go backwards with with depression or anxiety there's patterns that you'll see that um literally for what you know whatever there's a million reasons but your your brain has uh either uh, kind of gone into higher or lower gear. So higher gear is a little more anxious, lower gear is a little more depressed. Um, okay. And you can you can do neurofeedback uh, to train your brain to kind of go to the middle. So it can be helpful with that. Um, in the in the world of like being self-conscious, that usually, uh, it, it can come from different underlying things. The cool thing with neurofeedback is it'll look at... Um, is it more because you're so anxious that you're worried what the world thinks of you or is it, are you self-conscious because you're kind of on the depressed end of the spectrum and you're, um, you, you don't, you know, like you don't believe that you deserve to do something or you don't believe, you know, um, so those patterns show up and they, they often match up to say I'm self-conscious or I, right. uh, you know, I don't sleep well or I, I get angry easy or I do this or that. Uh, so yeah, it really, it's like, because the brain is the one area where there's like not a blood test for self-consciousness or, you know, you, right, right. you can't, you do MRI and your self-consciousness doesn't show up in there. Uh, it's really nice yeah. to have a tool that looks at it. Yeah. That looks at that part of it. Well, that's what I think too. It's like, oh my, so this is, so, and, and then you're able to tell people we need to reconnect these two, these two neurons back together again to make it feel more like this. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the, the neurofeedback literally then goes through and you do these exercises where you're watching a screen and trying to make things happen uh, with oh. electrodes on. So there's a feedback, literal neurofeedback. It helps to like uh, kind of calm down the areas that are too high and bring up the areas that are too low so that they start talking normally to each other. See, this um, would be fun to do. I, I really want to do this and make it live on, on my Facebook feed and on, and on the station feed to to give people a glimpse into my brain and how it works. Perhaps that way, uh, 
you know, some <laughs> other changes might happen. <laughs> yeah, there's, I, it, it is, it is quite interesting when the first time you do it, because you can actually, yeah. some of the neurofeedback we do with adults or kids is yeah. you you can be in a race with, with like, you know, little cheetahs or whatever, and there's five rows and you're, you're cheetah number three and, and you look at it and you focus. And if you're focusing the right way, your cheetah goes faster. If you're losing focus, your cheetah slows down. So it's sort of, it gets you in the game. You know, it's really interesting to, yeah, to do. I, I, yeah. Well, we have to talk more about this. So yeah. uh, now because you're always out and about um, and you've got for I mean, you're the founder of this clinic. So, uh, and you're always out and about now, what's your, what's your involvement with the doctors at the clinic? How much are you involved now? Because, you know, I think when it comes to the clinic, you know, like me, I want to talk to the head guy. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Well, uh, but yeah, well, you're not exactly. always there. So, right. so, you know, I'm sure that the doctors you have there are extremely competent. Uh, otherwise they wouldn't be there, uh, based on, on knowing you. So what's the involvement with your doctors at the clinic? Are you always talking to them? Where are you at with all that? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, technology allows us to do is, uh, where, wherever I am in the world, um, they, they can text me anytime. So we, we communicate that way. Uh, we do sometimes, uh, emails for longer things. They might send me some labs or, or maybe some information from a, a brain map or something. Um, and then a lot of times, uh, what we try and do is about three, Three weeks a month, we have a, a case conference. We all sit down face to face, and uh, we go through patient questions and things of that nature. Yeah. So we stay very connected. Um, the upside is I've, I've uh, I put all, a lot of this into you know web based training and written it down and all that. So it's not like they're they don't have to start from scratch on everybody. Right. Normally nowadays, the question is okay. I did you know we checked into these things and we did this and this is the direction I think we should go, you know, does that look good to you? Uh, and, and we have some feedback. So what I always tell, cause there's a lot of patients who used to see me personally who are still there. And I, I just tell them, look, it, it's safer for the doctors who are here every day to work with you directly. And you know that they can get a hold of me if they need to, than me trying to manage a patient and I might be gone tomorrow you know, doing something, or I might, you know, be on doing three, uh, radio interviews in a row or something, you know, it's not, right. that's, that's not the best management strategy. So it's really, yeah. it's about trust. They're, they're four really, really, really smart, uh, doctors mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the, and, and they have ideas I don't have. So it's, it's, yeah. it's win, 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 I think. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, that's a really good, uh, way of putting it. And, and, and especially, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we've talked about how people are individuals and different from everybody. And, you know, these doctors will have some answers that you might not have, or you might not have thought of, you know, uh, and, and getting the more opinions you have, the better it is, I think in the long run for a patient, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, complicated people are take more, more brain power. <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, all right. So now I know that next week you're going to be, uh, you're going to talk about all this stuff, but I, I'd kind of like to get into it a little <laughs> bit to give people a good preview of what you're, um, uh, what you, what, what's going on now. I, my personal, my two personal favorites here are the, uh, IV and the hyperbaric. Um, I had the IV experience, but would you please describe to our audience and to your audience what the IV treatment is about? Yeah. Um, so IV therapy, you know, most people have seen on TV or maybe you went to the hospital, you got some IV saline or something like that, uh, or maybe a drug cause you were, you broke your leg and got some morphine or something. Um, <laughs> what we tend to do is not that, uh, we don't keep any morphine. If anyone's wondering, we don't keep any of that stuff. Uh, but most of our IV therapy is actually, um, nutrients and the, the thing about, the nutrients is people say, well, I eat food. Don't I get nutrients from that? Well, go back to the beginning of why, why we're there. Um, when people are really chronically ill, their body forgets how to work correctly. And what's interesting is if you put nutrients in intravenously, it goes, you don't have to digest them or absorb them. They go right to your cells and nutrients are kind of the currency that your cells use, uh, to, to kind of get up back on track. So people right. can start to feel better faster. 
And then let's say you had a bad concussion or, you know, especially an acute one, um, we can put things in to help your brain heal. And then you go in the hyperbaric chamber to kind of speed it up. Um, and so it's, it's a way to get good information back into your mm -hmm. cells. So you don't have to change your diet. I mean, you, it's good to change your diet and take your vitamins, mm -hmm. but like you might have to do that for a year to get it where you would with a few IVs. So it's really pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, the, speaking of IVs, now, how often, now let's just say somebody wants to do maintenance. They want maintenance and, and maybe they don't have a chronic illness, but let's, let's just say they, you know, he's got a point here. Maybe I should get this done uh, at least three times a week or four times a week. Is that doable? Is that possible? Is that, is that recommended or is it, you know, something we should do once a week or? Yeah, it, you know, we even even whether the person is say more or less ill, et cetera, mm -hmm. uh, it, the, those recommendations are very individualized. So, for example, let let's say you're otherwise healthy, uh, but you unfortunately get like the the real live flu, where you're sick for two weeks and you just mm -hmm. feel horrible. We have a lot of people who were totally healthy get the flu, and they're like, I I can barely, you know, I don't have the flu anymore but I'm so tired. Can you get mm -hmm. me back on track? We might do two IVs a week for a couple of weeks just to get them kind of back and they'll, it, they'll pop out of it and it'll work because they were healthy before. Um, right. Somebody who's got a real, say aggressive cancer or they're very inflamed from a, you know, autoimmune disease, we might do two or three a week for, you know, a few weeks and then one or two a week for a couple of months and it takes longer because they're sicker. So how much is really dependent on how, uh, what your base is, like how your, you know, how your constitution is. But what about people that aren't sick and I haven't got the flu? What if, what if somebody just says, you know what, I'm going to go for my IV treatment like once a week just because I, I feel like it would be a good idea. Yeah. There, you know, there's a, there's a fair number of, uh, so we, that's a smaller group of what we do because we tend mm -hmm. to see people who, who do of course, who have these other yeah. illnesses. Yeah. But, yeah, of course. But I have a lot of students who have worked with me over the years, um, and they have more of a, what you call maybe like corporate wellness or general wellness clinics, which is mm -hmm. great because people are not as well as they used to be. And people will come in sometimes, you know, once a week for a couple months and they might get a, a vitamin injection or a little vitamin IV or something. And it really does help. Uh, I've got, you know, I, I got a number of students and they're, they're, they work mostly with healthy people and they, but they might be an athlete and burning up, you know, more than they can get in, or they might be, right. you know, they're working really a lot and they just want to catch up. And so, yeah, yeah. We, we, we do that. Uh, we, yeah. in our clinic, um, that we actually have what we call mini, uh, mini IVs. Uh, so for us, they're mini because uh, <laughs> mo most of ours are bigger. Uh, but we have for people who are just health and wellness oriented, we have a, a subsection that are made for okay. that. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, now let's talk about the hyperbaric. I've, I've gone and done the hyperbaric chamber and it really does. I, ca I can describe the difference it makes very easily. Uh, I felt more full. I felt more grounded. I felt more... Um, I felt like I could breathe deeper even after the session. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so the real, the cliff note version of hyperbaric is, um, you're in a chamber yep. and most people hear about it for like divers, you know, where they go down below and they're out of pressure and they come up too fast to get the bends. So you put them That's in a right. chamber. Yeah. Well, this is, if you don't have the bends, hyperbaric oxygen has been used for a long, long time as a medical treatment. And it does two things. One is it puts your body under pressure because you're in the chamber, but then also it puts oxygen in that you're breathing. So the oxygen goes into your blood at a higher concentration than you could ever breathe outside or inside. Um, even with oxygen, mask, you'd never breathe in this much oxygen and it forces your cells to get literally just, it forces more oxygen through your cells and it forces a lot of waste products out. So you actually, it, it wakes your cells up. Yeah. Uh, and you do like, I, I've, I've gone in it and it's like, you feel, you feel different when you're done because yeah. it's like your brain gets more oxygen. Yeah. You know, everything just, you know, it perks just up. It seems yeah. more, I felt more present, you know? 
Exactly. Because okay. things look differently even, you know? So, interesting. I know you're going to talk about that next week. Now, what about the medical laser? Because we're running out of time here, so I want to get through to the medical laser and, and heat therapies. Yes. So quickly, uh, medical laser sounds really weird, like Star Trek-ish, and it kind of is. Uh, but but if if people look, uh, there's in in the U.S. we call it photodynamic therapy. It's a FDA-approved treatment, uh, but it uses usually laser or LED. Um, okay. And and we actually do uh, both types of photodynamic therapy. One uh, one group is to bring circulation to an area uh, that that needs it, like you know, let's say your liver is congested or your low back is just it's so tight it's not getting any you know blood flow. But the other is you can actually use laser to affect the way that the uh, the the communicating cells in your plasma and your red blood cells work. So it's kind of like hyperbaric where it it kicks up the normal operation so that you heal faster. Right. Okay. Okay. I got you. All right. And heat therapies. So heat therapies are, are if you look at hyperthermia, they, they do that a lot in most other yeah. countries. Um, we do it here. FDA kind of has us limited to certain temperatures, but the bottom line there is often we'll give another treatment and the, and you heat the body up after the treatment. So it, let's say again, maybe your GI tract or your liver is having a problem, the treatment can actually get there because there's more blood flow. So heat you know, creates more blood flow. They, they actually, right. um, <clears throat> they do it a lot after, uh, in this country, they're doing it more and more. They might give a drug and then heat up, you know, the, the person. Mm. So the drug actually goes into the tissues. Um, so we, we do that in specific circumstances as well. That's fantastic. Now, uh, you're going to talk about all these uh, next week. Uh, IV, hyperbaric medical laser heat therapies, and you can listen to Dr. Anderson uh, live on Thursdays at 3 p.m. And um, if you missed any episodes, how do people find you at AMT? The uh, number of ways nowadays, so if you look at Advanced Medical Therapies on um, Facebook, you'll Mm -hmm. get right to us. Uh, or at Advanced Medical Therapies on Instagram, and those have links back to our website. Uh, if you want a, a mnemonic to remember for the website, it's cancerandchronicdisease.com. That's what we do, cancerandchronicdisease.com, no, no spaces, and it'll take you right to Advanced Medical Therapies. And um, if you put Advanced Medical Therapies in a search and, and you put Seattle, you'll, you'll find us pretty quick too. That's fantastic. Well, listen, this has been a great show today. Very informative, and thank you for, uh, and uh, thank you for allowing me to come on your show and interview you for a change. That's always nice to. I, I always enjoy our, our interviews together, so it's always a pleasure for me to do this. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and uh, I really appreciate you participating in the interview. And we'll do another one in a few weeks. Sounds All good. Right. All right. Well, this is Dr. Paul Anderson for. A- Advanced Medical Therapies and Medicine and Health with Dr. Paul Anderson here on the CTR Network and then on the podcast anytime. See you all on the radio in a week or podcast anytime you want. Thank you. You've been listening to Medicine and Health with your host, Dr. Paul Anderson. Visit the clinic website at www.amsa1.com or call the clinic at 206-629-2186.